What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Baseball Connection. So, I'll start with some news that was, you know, those released the other day. Didn't really touch on it, but I think we should. It's talking about the Red Sox and the contract extension discussions they had with their two stars, Xander Bogarts and Rafael Devers. We know that neither of those players were able to get a deal they liked, and we see more of the details. And the Red Sox did not put together strong offers for these guys at all. Apparently, the offer to Bogarts was $90 million over four seasons. That is, that's not, that's not going to get it done. Obviously, that's quite a low ball offer. I don't even know why Boston even put that on the table. That's, that's kind of a slap in the face to Xander Bogarts. Obviously, he's not going to take that. When other shortstops of his caliber are making 30 plus mil a year, like a guy like Carlos Correa, for example, a guy like you know Corey Seager, these guys are making thirty plus million a year, and all of a sudden you come in here giving him ninety million for four years. That's what was that twenty two and a half? It's not gonna get it done. And then for Rafael Devers, the offer they made to him isn't clear, but it was also it was also noted that there was a big gap between what Devers was looking for and what the Red Sox were putting on the table for him. So what does this mean? It, it's, it's actually an interesting development. Now that I've had some time to think about it, let's look at Xander Bogarts first. He's an excellent shortstop. Obviously, he's the more immediate concern because he can reach free agency at the end of this season. He can opt out, and he likely will. The interesting thing, though, is they have Trevor Story now. So they are probably prepared to just slide Trevor Story back over to shortstop in the event that Xander Bogarts leaves. That's probably what they're what they're preparing for. Right now, Trevor Story is holding things down at second base, but he can go right back to his natural shortstop position if needed. And then, if you take it a little bit further, the Red Sox have, in recent years, rebuilt their farm system. You know, it was depleted a few years back, and now they've gotten better they have some pretty good prospects down there one of the game's top second base prospects his name is nick york and he's at high a they picked him out of high school in the 2020 draft i remember when they drafted him everyone including me was surprised because we didn't even know who this guy was we didn't even know who he was he wasn't one of the you know to be picked in the first round people saw it as a cost saving move that he used he was going to sign for under slot he was the red sox first round pick and he was going to sign for an underslot value, and they would get value that way. But the fact that, you know, he's just popped off in the minor leagues, and he's been great. Like, if you look at his numbers from last year, he, he had phenomenal numbers in the minor leagues, and you know, the power's really starting to develop. They see this, like, okay, this might be a second baseman of the future. We still need to calm down. He's only 20 years old, a couple years removed from out of high school, but he's developing at a rapid pace. So they're looking at that. They're looking at Jeter Downs. On the farm system, you know he's at Triple A. He's on the forty-man roster. Could be close to the big leagues. He's twenty-three years old, so he's someone who could be near the big. League. I mean, he's made, I mean, he's a top. He's considered you know a top one hundred prospect. At least he was last year. I haven't seen the most recent publication, but he's someone that the Red Sox might be saying, okay, he could be he'd be a second baseman. Someone we could put in second base. And heck, you know they have flexibility. They they have other guys that could. I could play that position, you know, if needed. 
Um, obviously, Kike Hernandez, a free agent, someone like him could leave, but they could just go out in the free agent market and get a second baseman until Nick York or Jeter Downs is gone. My point is, Xander Bogarts was once the up-and-coming budding young prospect. I remember 2013 when he first came up as a rookie, was on that World Series winning team with the Red Sox, first came up and, you know, the rest was history. There will be another Xander Bogarts type player coming up through the system at some point. The Red Sox might believe they have that already. So do we pay for, you know, the the decline of, of a star or do we, you know, do we sell high? Do we let him walk when we've we've milked the best years out of him? That's that's pretty much what the what the Red Sox are looking at. It's a similar situation to what we saw with Freddie Freeman in Atlanta. You know, no one really wanted to believe that he could go, but it happened. It's a cold business and you know, you're you're not you don't make money, you don't win games, you know, you don't generate profit by paying players for past performance. You pay them for what you expect them to do, not what they have done. So a guy like Xander Bogarts has done a lot for the Red Sox, has multiple World Series rings, and he would he, he will be you know, he's 29. He's 29. So, you know, he'll be, you know, entering the the second half of his career, and maybe they feel like, hey, you know, we've gone great value out of this guy bring in the next young buck and we'll keep going like that that's just the reality of the situation devers red sox have him under control for a few more years devers you know they're, they're in no rush to extend him you know he made his debut in the big leagues as a 20 year old he's on track to hit free agency ahead of his age 27 season there there are going to be questions about his ability to stick at third base given his subpar defensive numbers but they have they have him you know, under team control for a few more years. There's no rush there. So I, I would have been surprised. I mean, I personally thought that, you know, they would give him a strong offer, but Devers camp is going to be, they're going to be throwing a big number out there. They're going to be throwing a really big number out there and um, they're going to, they're going to want him to get paid. Absolutely. So that's the situation on those two Red Sox stars, but they're, they're off to a good start with the bat and doing their thing in Boston. Speaking of the Red Sox, you know, there was a report that came out that Nathan Evaldi, who has blossomed into their ace, he said he's not going to discuss an extension during the season. He has no desire to discuss contract matters during the season, but there's an expectation he's going to be in contact with the team after this season concludes. So we'll see about that. In other news, let's jump into some, some recaps. So C.J. Abrams, the young infielder for the San Diego Padres holding things down as Fernando Tatis is on the men made his home debut you know he was his first, it was his first at bat he was batting down the nine hole first at bat down um, there in San Diego and he homered opposite field home run giving the Padres a four nothing lead over the Braves in Thursday's home opener Charlie Morton tried to sneak a fastball over the outside corner but Abrams was ready for it used his quick hands to shoot a liner into the second row in left field. So CJ Abrams, you know, is actually an Atlanta native. He's a childhood Braves fan. So, you know, he did it. He had his first home run against his hometown team. So that's pretty cool. Not a bad start for the 21 year old rookie. Obviously, you know, he's only there because Fernando Tatis Jr. is on the injured list with a fractured left wrist, but the Padres need a shortstop. And yeah, CJ Abrams is getting a chance to audition for a longer term 
role on this team. He's he's one of the top prospects. He's going to be a big league leaguer long term. It's not just a Fernando Tatis Jr. injury thing. Of course, that's what it is right now. But in the long term, he will be a major leaguer, an everyday major leaguer. Corey Seager. Speaking of first home runs, Corey Seager hit his first Rangers homer. He did it at home in Arlington. And, you know, he's the big signing. He's the big signing. Yes, they, they also got Marcus Semien. That's another big signing. But, you know, Corey Seager is one of the, when healthy, you know, one of the best bats in the game. This dude can really hit. He's got the power. He can hit for average. He does it all. He does it all. He's a pure bat. And, you know, he, he showed the Rangers fans that in Arlington yesterday with a big home run. And they're hoping to see that, you know, 30, 30 times or so this year. That's what they're hoping to see. Can he hit the, I mean, he's never hit 30 bombs in a year. The closest he came was 26 in 2016. But, you know, with Sieg's, it's, it's really about, you know, just he's a gap-to-gap guy. He hits a lot of doubles. Hits a lot of doubles, you know, 40 doubles. That's that's par for the course for this dude. He can do that a lot, dry those gaps. But uh, Rangers got a 10-5 win over the Angels. Mike Trout also homered in that game. Jonah Heim, Grand Slam for Texas as well. In other news, so, you know, it was funny. I saw a tweet. We were, t- we were, we were raving about Vlad Guerrero Jr. It was 4-4, four for four, three home runs, and a double the other night. And then he goes back for more at Yankee Stadium, and guess what? He's 0-4 for four with four strikeouts. And that's just, I mean, that that's, that's baseball in a nutshell. That just tells you exactly what you need to know. This game will have you on top of the world one day, and then the next day you have a golden sombrero. It's, it's pretty funny when you think about it. That is, that is pretty much baseball. People who aren't necessarily used to watching baseball might, might scratch their heads at that. You know, can you imagine like, hey, you know, I'm going to go buy tickets to watch this star player, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. play. And then you go to the stadium, he's 0 for 4 with four strikeouts. Like, wait, this guy, this is the guy everyone is raving about? That's because, you know, in baseball, baseball is a high-variance sport. We say that a lot. Whereas in other sports, if you go and you want to watch LeBron play, you want to you know, you want to watch whoever, you know, some top player from any other sport, whatever. You're going to see a show, right? You're going to see a show because more often than not, they, they're going to have a great game. With baseball, yes, these guys have great games too, but it's not, it doesn't necessarily look the same, right? You know, you, you could go watch Mike Trout playing or Shohei Otani play and you might, you know, you might just have an off night. He might have some great at-bats, but, you know, hit a couple balls right at people. Might, might, might not hit a home run that day, and that's just the way it goes. High-variance sport. So you need to you know, have uh, a big, a bigger sample size to really see things shine. But the thing is, though, that's why you have to realize you don't put too much stock in the final result. You know, someone who's played baseball, you, you know that it's more about the process. Okay, am I hitting the ball hard? Is this guy hitting the ball hard? Um, a pitcher, you know, is he locating, things like that. When you watch really talented baseball players, even though the, they might not be getting hits or they might not be, you know, yeah, just mowing guys down, you can tell if the tools are there. You can see bat speed. You can see exit velo. You can see foot speed. You can see, obviously, pitch velocity. You can see control. You can see those things. And, you know, those with, with a you know, more advanced eye for the game know right away. You don't even have to, you don't even have to see... The results, like, yeah, this guy can really play. Like, I've I had the, the opportunity, you know, the privilege of seeing Shohei Otani play two or three times, three times in person, and 
he jumps out at you, you know, right away from the on deck circle. You're like, okay, wow, this dude. First of all, the first thing I know is about Shohei is he's huge, like physically. He's taller than I expected. He's just a big guy. But his foot speed was what really got me. I didn't, I didn't know he was as fast as he is. That really stood out to me when I saw him, when I when I saw him run. And then Mike Trout, I've seen him play. What really stood out to me about Mike Trout and what's improved with him over the years is his arm strength. So I saw a game where Mike Trout had a couple outfield assists and um, or at least one outfield assist and like a really close one. And seeing that live, seeing that arm strength, you're like, okay, wow, that 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 arm is legit. When Mike Trout first came up, that wasn't true. You know, I, I would always push back when people said he was a five-tool player because he, he didn't have an elite arm when he first, or an above-average arm. He didn't have an above-average arm when he first came up, which is average. Now his arm strength is, is above average for sure, well above average. He can throw in the upper 90s. And that's something I, I witnessed. And I'm like, wow, that that's special. You can see that. Um, you know, certain guys, you know, I've seen Altuve play. Um, the hit tool, you can really see that. Things like that. So I, rather than me rambling, but I'm just trying to trying to say that some tools are very obvious when you watch. You don't necessarily have to see the box score result in order to know that a player is very good. And given a larger sample size, they will produce. So maybe that's just a little bit of a that's a bit of a um, a peek into how my baseball mind works. But you know, we are entering a weekend of of series of different series. Um, you know, what series jump out at me? Looking at the schedule, I think I'm going to be. I mean, I have my eyes on Angels Rangers. You know, that, that's an interesting AL West matchup. You know. These are two teams. I want to see if either of them will take a step forward in the AL West and even kind of somewhat challenge the Astros because AL West is, you know, it's the Astros division, but then you have the Mariners who were really good last year. But these two teams, they have made improvements over the offseason and they're looking to take that next step. Will anyone step up? I want to see Angels Rangers and obviously great players involved in that. So I want to see you know, what comes out of that. Reds, Dodgers, you know, Dodgers made their, uh, you know, their home, their home debut. Freddie Freeman, in front, of the, in front of the fans out there for the first time on Thursday night. That looked pretty good. So, other than that, there's still, you know, good baseball around. But it'll be a great weekend of of baseball. So, enjoy the games as you will. That is going to do it for today, folks. If you enjoyed this, please share it with someone who'd be interested. And we'll see you next time on Baseball Connection. Mm-hmm.